Our message today comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, starting in verse 24. Hear these words. No one can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your span of life? And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet, I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, What will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For it is the Gentiles who strive for all these things, and indeed your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. This is the word of God for the people of God. You might say, Pastor Peter, are you really going to use a manuscript today? And I'll say, yes. (laughs) Because my reaction, when when I was informed that we had had a a positive COVID-19 test among our community here in the building, I said, of course we did. Because we've had a hurricane. And we've had a pandemic. You're not laughing yet. and we've lost a, a church member, and, and of course I'm going to be using a manuscript today. I, I want to make a point that there is a simple way, maybe I should say easy, but not simple, simple but not easy way to understand how worry works. You see, the things that we invest our devotion in are the places that we will find the most emotion. Think about that with me. The places where you invest the most of your devotion, right? The love for your children, the love for God. Those are the places where your emotion will come from. So if you have a 16-year-old who's recently been driving, you invested a lot of devotion in her, right? She's 16. I'd hate to have to start over again. A lot of emotion when she goes off to pick up some milk from the grocery store. Can you appreciate this idea that where your devotion is, where also will be your emotion? And I think that's a key for our discussion about worry. Over the next three weeks, we are going to look at three different biblical figures. We're going to discuss this kind of question around why worry and kind of dig into biblical wisdom 
as to how God would like for us to organize our emotional life so that we are concerned, but not so anxious and worried that we are paralyzed. I imagine there might be a few of us out here today that this message could be relevant for. I'll take an amen if you'll give it. So, let me read a few statements that I think are pretty good for understanding anxiety. There are three questions. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Who of you has worried so much that you think your anxiety may have taken a year or so off your total life expectancy? And is there anything more valuable to you than staying alive? Will worrying contribute to the thing you value most in life? I mean, really, uh, worry can be a simple thing. So if worry won't add to your life, won't contribute anything to, that you value more than your life, and if worry has the potential to shorten your life, then don't worry about tomorrow. Hashtag Jesus says, and we're done. Questions? not that easy, though. If I start telling you that uh, the way to combat worry is to say that your situation is not so bad, that things are going to work out okay, you don't need to worry. You see, that's not care or wisdom. That's denial. And that's not just a river in Egypt. That's something that we participate in. But to give someone counsel about worry is hard. I mean, I could say to you, don't worry But that's about as useful as looking at you and saying, follow my directions, do exactly what I say. I want you to not think about an elephant. How many people successfully didn't think about an elephant? It was hard. Worry is something that is at times insidious, at times overwhelming, at times it becomes a habit and a reflex that we cannot control. So I want to go for some wisdom here. Now, you could go, you've heard Pastor Josh talk about the self-help industry, $3 billion worth of books, all uh, wonderful wisdom to try to help you live a better life and to be happier and to make friends. Instead of going to the self-help industry, I think we should go to the Bible. Let's pick out three people. Uh, One was um, a teacher who wanted to convert the known world to Christianity. The second one was a prophet given bad news, uh, who had to give bad news to an evil tyrant king. And the last one was Jesus. Today we're talking about Jesus' words. But let's be honest, out of those three people, two of them lost their lives, and one kind of did. I mean, did Jesus lose his life and get resurrected, right? And they're all wise people. None of them were motivational speakers, But all of them had the credibility, the scars, the imprisonments, the crucifixions, um, the pain to talk about how they have come to deal with worry. And of course, today our our scripture passage comes from uh, Jesus's teaching about um, worry uh, there in Matthew chapter 6, verses 24 and following. Now, it's interesting that Jesus's conversation about worry is in the context of money. That's so strange. Nobody worries about money. Maybe that was a strange thing about biblical folk. They worried about money. 
The reality is, is that when we poll people about the thing they worry the most about, would you be surprised that in America we worry most about money? We worry about financial things. We worry about our retirement. We worry about the house of our head, the car in the driveway, and whether or not we'll be able to pay for school for junior. So Jesus says, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other or will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So this is interesting. This is devotion and emotion. You see, where we put our devotion determines the pressure points of worry in our lives. Now, now some places are appropriate for worry. The 16-year-old with a car, right? There are places where it's appropriate for us to have a pressure point there. But are all of our pressure points appropriate? Is all of our emotion warranted? You know, I have to be honest, I'm stressed about my stuff, not yours. I have not lost any sleep about whether your kids will go to the right college. I have not lost any sleep about whether your job will be around after the pandemic. I am only worried about my stuff. I'm not selfish. I'm normal. Do you agree? I don't stay up late wondering whether children in Lithuania will be able to understand their national debt and overcome it. So Jesus says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about, or you could translate that, don't, uh, um, don't worry about or serve or love or be so devoted to your life. What you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. You know, isn't that interesting? He talks about what we wear. I don't worry about what I wear. And maybe you have been concerned that I don't worry enough about what I wear. But when I think about the things that I worry, it's not my wardrobe, it's something else. I wonder if you're that way as well. We worry about our jobs. We worry about advancement, school grades, retirement, things that may not have hit the radar for Jesus in those days. But Jesus says, is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? I'd say, yeah, we're far more important and the clothes we wear, and the food we eat. But, but how best do we handle our worry? Jesus says, look at the birds of the air. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they are? I'd say, yeah, more valuable than a bird, more valuable than a flower. But here's my big complaint to Jesus. None of them need an IRA. None of them have to worry about owning a home. None of them have to worry about bishops and district superintendents. You can translate that into your own bosses and supervisors, flowers, and birds. They got it easy. But, but really what we're saying is that we're beginning to wonder and question and to argue, am I more valuable to God than the bird? I think we are. But I think also we got more levers and more opportunities to work with. Birds and flowers don't sow and reap. We have an opportunity to sow and reap. I think what Jesus is saying to us is if God takes care of the birds, what about you? 
It's not that God says that you shouldn't worry about all these things, that you shouldn't want to uh, take care of your family, that you shouldn't want to have a roof over your head and all of these things. His point is, that don't worry about it. That, that you do what you can do and you trust that God will do what God does. I've been saying this for 22 years now, that Augustine, St. Augustine says, uh, that the way you handle life and worry is that you work as if it all depends upon you. This is really what Augustine said. Um, uh, and that you pray as if it all depends upon God. And where those two things come together is the grace, will, and providence of God. You know, it's, it's that guy in the hurricane, and he, he prays, uh, Dear Lord, save me from the hurricane. And uh, the uh, folk, uh, first responders come, and they want to evacuate him in a Jeep. And he says, Nope, I'm a Christian. God will take care of me. And then later, the winds and the rains have really uh, churned up, and he is on the top of his roof. And there is a rowboat that's come by. Uh, first responders come to get him. They say, get on the boat. The water's rising. And he says, nope, I'm a Christian. I have prayed to God. My God will save me. And later, it's a preacher's joke. Go with me here. But he's standing on the pinnacle of his roof. The winds and the rains are everywhere. A helicopter. I said it was a preacher joke. Um, a helicopter comes and says with the bullhorn, grab the rope. It's your last chance. And he says, no, I love God. He'll save me. Well, the next scene is in the pearly gates of heaven, and he's walking up to the throne room, and God says, do you have any questions? And he says, yeah. Why didn't you save me? I was faithful and told everybody. And he said, what do you want? I sent you a jeep, a boat, and a helicopter. Augustine says that you didn't laugh at all. We must be really anxious. I, I can tell. Like, this is appropriate, but dude, you're not fooling today, right? So when we meet God with our work and we meet God with our prayer, we find that God's providence is more than we knew. You see, what we need in anxious situations is not more worry about tomorrow, but rather we need clarity and certainty about today. And worry doesn't provide clarity, and certainty. What worry does is overly rev the engine of our lives. It gets us prepared for a danger that has yet to materialize. It makes us go through all of the circumstances with little clarity and little certainty. What we need is a reality to be, or a realization to say that God is in charge of this world, and that God cares for the flowers of the field and the birds of the air, and God will care for me, because surely I am more of more worth than that. And so in verse 28, and why do you worry about clothes? See how they, uh, see how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin like you do and should. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. Verse 30, if that is how God clothes the grasses of the fields, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? And here's where Jesus gets real. This would be that moment, I believe, uh, those who are youth and young adults, where Jesus drops the mic. I'm still not really sure what the reference is for that, but you get it. Um, he says, O ye of little faith, 
That stings. Like it's all there. God's providing for all of us. Now, what does it mean to say of ye of little faith? Is that those pagans who don't believe in Jesus? No, I think it's for us inside the house who have little confidence. I think that's what faith means here and what God can do. Oh, ye of little faith, of ye, ye of little confidence in the one who created you, redeemed you, and sustains you. And so I think we have to work, work a little bit harder to come to terms that, that our faith is more than our worry. Some of us have more faith in worry than we have faith in God. And so we have to work to not allow our worry to shape our future. We have to work hard um, so that our worry doesn't steal our hope. We have to work hard so that uh, in times of uncertainty, we focus on uh, clarity and certainty. So let's rehash. Jesus writes a few or speaks a few words. They are written down and we read them today. Jesus reminds us that you are more valuable than the flowers of the field and the birds of the air. That, that though they um, do not spin or sow, God takes care of them. That we are reminded that we cannot serve two masters. We will either love the one and hate the other or love the other and hate the one. And so in the midst of anxious times, biblical wisdom is about realizing where have we invested our devotion you know, it's good to worry about kids. It may not be so good to worry about jobs. And if your retirement is 30 years away, maybe there's other things to seek clarity and certainty about for today. Friends, um, you might ask me, great, pastor, what can I do to help lower my worry this week? Well, I'm so glad you asked. I would suggest that you read our passage from today, um, Matthew 6, 24 to 34, straight through five times each day. Like I really would have loved to have had like a little medicine, you know, prescription bottle and have the prescription on it say, apply Matthew 6, 24 to 34 directly to your heart five times a day until we come back together again. You, you see, there are voices in our heads that tell us what to think and wonder about. I want to encourage you this week, replace one of those voices with the voice of Jesus, reminding us not to worry about tomorrow because God's in control. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.